We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The show, sponsored by Straight Realty, your St. Louis area experts. Why pay more than four? 314-441-4444. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the show. Now, Kevin Wheeler, Amy Marks Kors, Chris Ranji on KMOX. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. Got a little bit of a short show for the show today. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks Kors, Kevin Wheeler with you here until Cardinals baseball. Uh, we got pregame coverage in about an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, game time set for 12-15 today. And looking forward to the follow-up to last night, you guys, because that was a pretty good finish, would you say? Did you well, enjoy that, Ryan? Who, who loves a, everybody loves a walk-off, right? Yeah. Yeah, so can't get any better than that. I mean, Although, it, 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 some walk-offs are better than others, though. Like, that one's hey, better because it was, fly walk off. It was, I don't it was care. Albert. No, I'm yeah, saying that that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's even better than a lot of the oh, normal I gotcha. ones. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? Amy's <laughs> giving me this <laughs> stare, like, are you okay? like, a smile, and just like, I... Because... What, the way we've said now walk off so many times that it kind of kind of sounds like a pejorative, like something you don't want to be. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. No, we're not saying that. <laughs> no, I know, but doesn't it kind of sound no, like don't no, be no, that? No, no, you're the you. only person who. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, nobody so we, else thought that, but you. <laughs> you have plenty of ways to participate. You can follow the show um, on Twitter at the show KMOX. Obviously, all of our handles oh. are there. Uh, Instagram tag is there. Uh, TikTok stuff is there. We're gonna start doing some of that stuff today. We got a large, like a longer edition of the podcast coming up later on today. Two fresh new material that'll be coming out later on in the afternoon because we have a short show today uh, when it comes to Cardinal baseball. And again, the game is about uh, two hours away. It's a little bit more than two mm-hmm. hours away. Pre-game coverage will start in about an hour and ten minutes. And obviously, part of the broadcast, the voice of the Cardinals on the radio side, John Rooney, joins us here on the show. Uh, John, good to talk to you. How's now, everything going? John Rooney conversation on KMOX sponsored by Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance. And if you're a Missourian, we're for you. The one two pitch one out in the 10th. Pujols hits a drive left field. The catch by Profar tagging at third. Tommy Edmond to the plate. A Redbird winner. A sacrifice fly for Albert Pujols. And there's a team celebration. As the Cardinals mob Albert Pujols, Tommy Edmond in on the celebration. The Cardinals win this one 3-2-10 to two and ten and light up the night in downtown St. Louis. What a great call as you heard it here on KMOX. And I'm sure uh, John, being one of the best play-by-play men in the sports business, uh, could recognize me uh, stepping on the call. <laughs> 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 good, 
Good morning, John. How you doing today? I'm doing fine. How is everybody? Everybody's good. Everybody's good. And, uh, you know, we were just joking a minute ago that walk-offs are always a blast. But I don't know, man. It just seems a little extra cool when it because it's because of Albert. And Albert got two RBIs last night uh, helping the Cardinals win. And Paul Goldschmidt extended his hitting streak and is on base safely streak. Uh, where is he now? 36 games Ooh. reaching base safely. And he's 22 for his hitting streak. And he drove in the first run and scored the second one when Albert hit a sacrifice fly. But uh, the night uh, kind of took a bump. I mean, a real thud when a two-run homer by Trent Grisham off Giovanni Gallegos tied the game because Adam Wainwright was unbelievable last night. But the Cardinals were able to hold it right there, two runs, and and have a very exciting top of the 10th inning with New Barr throwing out uh, Zokar at the plate. And then the Cardinals scored on Albert's sacrifice fly. So it took a while, but the Cardinals got it done, and now they go for a sweep today. You know, between the moments with Albert Pujols, the moments when Molina's pitching, and of course Molina and Wainwright just being the unparalleled battery that they are, there certainly have been moments this season that have driven interest for even the most casual fan that uh, there are a lot of exciting things happening at Bush Stadium. Oh, you bet, Amy. And if you follow this team any at all with the young players coming up and putting the enthusiasm and energy into the game that they've done so far, have to hand it to Gary LaRock and his crew in the minor leagues. Uh, they've been able to get past no minor league season in 2020, make the best of it in a tough year last year where the wins were hard to come by, and yet develop players that we're seeing at the big league level now. Brendan Donovan uh, being instrumental in the win last night with a walk and a run scored. And uh, uh, Donovan has played in the outfield and the infield. And what we've seen from Juan Yepes, who will be at first base today with Paul Goldschmidt DHing. And uh, then Lars Newtbar. He was uh, up and didn't hit very well. Got some at bats down at AAA. He's back. And he figured in the decision last night, throwing the runner out at the plate. And then you have. Uh, the old guys, if you will, <laughs> uh, the veterans with uh, Yachty just continuing to throw like he did when he uh, took over the job in 2004 behind the plate from Mike Matheny and, and what Adam Wainwright does and how he had great command last night of all of his pitches and went seven innings, got to double digits and strikeouts for the 13th time in his career. And Albert Pujols driving in two runs. You talk about a team win from the young all the way up to the very experienced, and uh, we're talking about some future Hall of Famers in that group. Uh, that was really exciting here last night. And we're talking about, or you did mention, some of the younger players. And Nolan Gorman, who's only got 10 games under his belt so far, but this is a name that Cardinals fans have been following for a while since he's been drafted and you know, over the last several months clamoring for him to be called up. You, you can't really expect a guy to have an 1150 OPS for his entire season, but wh what exactly do you think he ends up being? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think there will be people who will adjust to him, mm. and then we'll see how he adjusts to the pitching. Uh, they dissect everything on video right now, and some teams still send some scouts out to uh, enhance what they do with their video scouting. But they figure out what is working and what's uh, not working for their pitchers against certain hitters. And it's going to come for Nolan Gorman, and he's going to strike out some. But what we've seen in the early going, he's capable of getting hits in bunches. When uh, he hits the ball and drives it for power for a double or a home run, uh, he usually follows that up with another hit or two somewhere along the line in the game. And you hope that uh, he can improve at second base. He's working hard at it, trying to get better and better. 
and uh, that that game improves. But I haven't seen him take any struggles in the field to the plate so far, and he has been able to separate that quite well. And I think he probably did a good job of that in the minors, and we're seeing it now here at the big league level. John, you've seen your share of greats. I mean, we just referenced a few of them, I and mean, I don't think anybody uh, that I've ever witnessed on a day-to-day basis was better than Albert was during his first 11 years with the Cardinals. Um, but I don't know that I've seen anybody any better for a, a what now a six seven week stretch than we've seen Paul Goldschmidt. Oh. He has been unreal. Well, Paul Goldschmidt, and uh, there were some down in Arizona quite concerned a couple of years before he came to St. Louis that he might be tailing off in his career, that uh, he might have a little slower bat and not be the the hitter and the dominant hitter that he was when he came up with the Diamondbacks. But uh, boy, has he proven them wrong. He seems to uh, reinvent himself uh, mm-hmm. year after year after year, make changes. He changed his bat this year, and uh, he uh, just has a terrific approach. And you always have a chance to get a run with Paul Goldschmidt at the plate. That's the way he's going. He should be the player for the month of May in the National League like Arenado was for the month of April. Uh, that's how dominating Paul Goldsmith has been, and uh, Ricky Horton told me a moment ago, uh, don't tell him it's June. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're just talking about Goldsmith making changes, and, you know, of course we all know it's so difficult to make a Major League Baseball team, but I think I have a new appreciation for how hard it is to stay up on a Major League Baseball team and just how uh, what staying power means and what it takes from these players are there players that come to mind that maybe you were surprised that they were able to make the changes to stay up with their big league squads well I go back to uh, when I was broadcasting the White Sox and uh, Lance Johnson and Ricky Horton went from St. Louis to the White Sox in 1988 Mm -hmm. and Ricky was the opening day starter for my first game that I did with the White Sox and he beat the California Angels that day uh, pitched a great game but Lance Johnson was in the lineup, and uh, just he just couldn't uh, seem to get comfortable at the major league level. And I don't know if he got along all that well with his manager, Jim Fergosi. But once Lance went down and came back up, he had a very good career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have a strong arm, but he always hit the cutoff, man. And uh, he was in the top ten in assists for a couple of years, if I'm not mistaken. And the guy was leading the league in triples, and, and uh, he could go get about anything in the outfield. And... And uh, you're, you're seeing a guy like uh, Lars Nudbar that you're hoping that a little time in the minor leagues will uh, get him going with a few more at-bats. And he's in the lineup today. He'll be batting six playing right field. That uh, He gets a couple of knocks today and starts to feel comfortable the way he did at the end of last season. But, Amy, that's a great observation. It's one thing to get here and to celebrate that big league uh, debut and have your family and friends and everybody witness that and, and hopefully it's a successful debut like we saw with Nolan Gorman. And then uh, the home debut was really great for his good childhood friend, uh, lifetime friend, basically, Matthew Libertor, who will pitch tomorrow in Chicago. But you, know, you just hope that uh, then you can make the adjustments and, and work it day to day because this is a work in progress anytime someone steps on a professional field. And if they get to the big leagues, then it's going to be a work in progress to stay here, and it will not be easy. But uh, the guys who play it so well, like Goldschmidt and Pujols and Arenado and uh, Wainwright and Yachty, they make it look easy, but it's not. 
John, always appreciate you. Great to catch up. We'll be listening this afternoon. Game time coming up in about two hours. Pre-game starting in an hour and five minutes. We'll hear you on both. Thank you, sir. We'll catch up with you next week. And all the best to the show. Great to be with you today. Thank Thank you, you. sir. We appreciate you. John Rooney, voice of the Cardinals. Of course, again, the the game time, 12-15 today. He and Ricky and Klaibs will be putting all that together. We'll hear from all of them on the pre-game show starting at 11-20 as well. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, of course, Kevin Wheeler with you. It's the show on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Serving St. Louis for over 96 years. KMOX. You're in on the show on KMOX. Of course, Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, of course, Kevin Wheeler with you. Cardinals baseball coming your way in just a little bit. We got some other stuff we got to get through first, though. Yeah, I don't know. Charlie and I used to talk about the car chases in St. Louis City and St. Louis County a lot and the pursuit policies or lack of pursuit policies. Well, at least seven people in St. Louis City and County were killed by suspects speeding away from the police this year. Uh, Five were from the same family in a crash that happened in early May. So in Ferguson, um, Tuesday or this uh, yesterday afternoon, they had neighbors come together for a stop the chase movement to bring awareness to police pursuits that are happening. Uh, And I guess some pursuit rules, according to this movement, are not being followed. You're having these high speed chases for various offenses that are putting members of the community at risk. And that then poses the question when it comes to police pursuits, where is that line where you have to let the suspect get away or you have to pursue the suspect because he or she is an imminent threat to the community and it's worth the risk of the police chase. And and it's certainly worth, I think, going over exactly what those things are and defining them. Okay, you pull somebody over who's got an expired license plate and that guy takes off, uh, you probably let that guy go and go find him later. Right. Find out where the license plate was registered. Go find that house. Go find him later and do what you have to do. Um, 27 percent or at least it's estimated that 27 percent of all of the deaths that happen on a yearly basis from police chases. 27 percent over a quarter are people who are not involved at all. So you're talking about bystanders, people who are in other vehicles, motorcycles, cars, whatever, maybe people who are just walking down the street. It's not worth it. It, It's not worth it to chase after somebody if they're not an imminent threat to somebody else. And I think it, I know it's difficult work 
to sit down and and say, okay, this thing is the kind of thing that we're going to chase after somebody, but if they've done this, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and let them go. I I know it's messy work and it's tedious, but it's probably something they, they really need to address. What I find fascinating about it all is, again, it's just, as you mentioned, Ron, it's the need. But I also, I mean, I, I'm I'm also concerned for the for the officers themselves. Like, how many sure. of them are, are are killed and injured in yes. car accidents based yeah. on? I mean, they're they're at every every bit the amount of risk that anybody else is. I mean, maybe even more so because they're following somebody very closely, trying to catch up and taking risks to do that. And it, you know, I've I've read a bunch about this over the years because it's always fascinated me because we love car chases on TV. Like when yeah. there's a car chase, it started with the whole OJ thing and, right. and Al Cowling and, you know, it became a, a cottage industry, especially in California. It's good visuals. Oh, yeah. It's the exciting. LA, you it's got scandal. the helicopter above and all that stuff. Is is it worth it? For, well, for, for the vast majority of offenses. Now, if you're chasing somebody that committed armed robbery, you're chasing somebody that murdered somebody, a violent yeah. person, I think it's reasonable to assume they might continue to be violent. All right. I mean, we have a we have a different type of story there, uh, and I don't want to get into second guessing because that's not the point. It's about looking at it in advance and saying what's safest for the officers, what makes sense based on what the person was pulled over for, or right. what the person is being, uh, or what what the attempt to pull them over is. Because sometimes they don't stop; they just keep on going. And while we all love them on TV, and you sit there and you stare, it's like, what's this guy going to do next? What's he going to do? Oh, he's going on the off ramp. He's going the wrong way. Oh, no. Like that stuff is just it's not it's it's not. I don't it, know. Why, it, I, don't, I know, think it says there's something wrong with us, first of all, that we love that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, of but, course. But, but secondly, like it, it just seems like an easy thing to say if it's a nonviolent offender, yeah. let it go. Yeah, it doesn't feel real when you're watching on mm-hmm. television. It, it feels like a TV show. Like, this person is running from the cops. Oh, they've abandoned the vehicle, and now they're on foot. Um, That is entertaining to watch that. But then if you stop and think, okay, this is actually really dangerous, and somebody could get hurt, it kind of changes, you know, it it changes things. At least for me, it does. And I think uh, for all uh, all of us in this room, it's the same thing. Now, here's where I think it gets dicier. If we're talking about somebody who is just committed a murder or they've they've done something actually violent and they're on the run, I think we're all in agreement. You got to go get that person because they might be on the way to do it to somebody else. They might be done, but they might not. And or, you can't or take if that not, risk. if they're not on the way, it's still something they could be prone to the next day or a week later or whatever. But what if it's somebody who hasn't hurt anybody yet and they are driving... 85 miles an hour down olive and they're running red lights or they're blowing through stop signs. Mm. And it makes me think of, um, you know, our, our friend Andy candy over at uh, crown candy. Mm. Uh, he, he is every day almost on his Instagram account, taking the security footage of there's an intersection right there where crown candy yeah. is. And there are always cars, not just running through the stop sign, not rolling through, but barreling through that intersection without stopping, sometimes going around cars who are at the stop sign waiting their turn to go. And these cars are just like 50, 60 miles an hour. So all of downtown is like that too, because that's literally happening on Tucker every day. Right. So, but but here's my video uh, evidence of it, or here's Andy's video evidence of it. I feel like those might be the kind of people that we also want to stop too. So... 
I, I know you're you're creating an inherent danger by chasing after somebody, but aren't those the kind that we should also be chasing down? Shouldn't we be chasing down people who are blowing through red lights because they are a danger to other people just by the way they are driving? Yeah, I mean, I always said if I don't come into work one day, it's because I'm dead on skinker. And it's really morbid to say that, but running into Forest Park Every day, you know, there's a series of stoplights heading north down the hill on Skinker, maybe three or four in a row that you can see. And the red lights mean nothing, at least in the morning. They don't mean anything. People just go one red light, two red light, three. They they blow right through it. I did want to add regarding police pursuit policies. Maria Kina has been on top of this story and uh, been following the city and the county NAACP. They're in the process of meeting with police chiefs from both departments, uh, along with the the Justice Departments, to study the current policies, pursuit policies, and what they can do to change it. So I know Maria Kina will continue to have more information on that. But when you're there, is that sense of lawlessness that's happening when people are blowing through stoplights and blowing through red lights. It just feels dangerous. Or, well. with carjackings, right? If if your car is stolen, the police aren't going after that car. I guess it depends on if it's an armed carjacking. Is there a kid in the car? Is there an imminent threat? Well, the kid in the car could argue for not chasing. I don't know. I mean, you don't that, want yeah, to get away. To an accident. It, it, I mean, yeah, you can't let him get away. I, think I don't that, mean a chance but, of an accident is probably something that you want to risk versus no. I I understand it, but I think that's why this is difficult, right? It sounds like a simple thing. Go after the violent offenders like we were talking about earlier. But right. there are people that are dangerous that haven't murdered someone that that aren't coming from assaulting uh, their their wife or, or you know, abusing a kid or whatever. They're, they're not already doing that. But the act of driving the way that they are could make them in danger. I mean, we got to figure about what, you know, some of them are drunk drivers. Yeah. You know, you, you can't just back off that person. Well, that's a person who is a danger. To right. Others. That's what yeah, I'm that's saying. The, right, so, right. You have to. Is there even a, I mean, what would qualify as not being dangerous then? Well, that that's where the difficulty comes in because you, you, people will say, well, where do you draw the line? Like, I don't know, figure it out. Sit down in a room, yeah. come up with all of the circumstances that could or could not be a violent or a danger to other people and then write them down and then you put them in law. And this way we have it defined. Okay. If this person has an expired driver's license or doesn't have a driver's license and then takes off, are we going to chase that person down? The answer is no. But if that person, to me... At least not in a pursuit chase. I think, not in a pursuit. I think you go get them be, later. Yes, there has get to be later. conjunction that it's not if I get away, there are no consequences. Right. It can't be that. But there have to be something later that you have to go find this person. Yeah. All right, we got Cardinals baseball coming up in about 45 minutes. You're listening to the show on KMOX. Find out what's happening with your Redbirds from the manager himself, Oliver Marmel. Sundays at 10.15 on Sports Open Line. And Wednesday mornings at 9.50. The Ollie Marmel Show. I'm excited for not only the club, but for the fans. This is a a special year for sure. Sponsored by Suburban Leisure Center on King MOX. show amy marks course chris ranji kevin wheeler with you here and we were having this conversation was it yes i think it was yesterday yeah um and didn't have time for it yesterday but off the air we're having this conversation 
Uh, not so much specifically about monkeypox, but just like this type of thing in general, right? COVID and mm-hmm. monkeypox and whatever other thing may come down the road. And I asked you guys a question and it was a bit of a loaded one. I don't think we have answers to it, but I wanted to ask you on the air anyway, because, well, I want to put you on the spot. Are, what? I'm hearing ran- <laughs> I'm just like hearing random music, and no. then it just stopped. Yeah, uh, Chris ran out of the studio, so we're all, we're good. We're good on the music side. Anyway, um, the question was about you know we have this new thing we're paying attention to with some cases of monkeypox popping up. We've got new variants mm-hmm. of COVID, and I wanted to ask you guys just the simple question: Basically, are we just hosed? Are we just hosed? Because no matter what new thing comes out, there's going to yeah. be a large number of people that are just like, nope, don't believe it, nope. Not doing anything about it. Nope. It's all the people trying to control us with fear. Nope. Not going to do it. Because without the majority of people, you can't control it. Well, you need more than the majority. Well, I'm, I, I mean, right, you, right, right, you right. need like four fifths of people to, exactly. to really get on board. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this is my point. So yeah. That's why I'm asking are we all hosed? Because mm-hmm. there's very clearly a lack of trust that has been built for years. And there are people that are listening to bad information. Yeah. And now that is becoming more hard. And I've already seen blog posts and, and, and video posts um, from people that opposed vaccines, opposed anything saying, ah, see monkey, po-. they're, they're just going to keep it. They're going to keep making it scarier. They're going to keep on trying to live, make us live in fear and control us with the fear. And I'm like, wait, they've what been, would it take to convince you that something's real? They've been doing that with the variants of COVID. Every yeah. variant that comes up like, oh, yep, there's going to be another one. Well, yeah, because <laughs> that's how these viruses work. That's how diseases work. And certain diseases will die off on their own. Others will just continue to mutate and in some cases worsen, some cases less in whatever. But as long as they go unchecked, it can become a potential problem that we can't easily handle. And I, I never really understood this. This is their, um, you know, this is their way to control us. T- to what end? Okay, so... If they're controlling us by having us get vaccinated, okay, then what? So we go get vaccinated and... I think they're making the argument, big pharma, money. It's all about money and power. Okay. That's just very odd So in other words, the world. Because that's how the world works. Because there are a lot of things that that are profitable. And and yes, vaccines are profitable. But that doesn't mean they're... Not as much as painkillers. But, here, but it doesn't mean they're inherently bad is what I'm saying. No, Just no. because people are making money off of it or companies are making money off of them does not mean they are inherently bad. When I worked retail, you can learn a lot of lessons working retail. But when you had unhappy customers, what you would do instead of defending necessarily your position, you would ask, what can I do to make you happy, right? What would make you happy? And I think a lot of times when you're having these conversations about vaccines, someone makes the argument that, well, it's just big pharma trying to make money. It's these companies. And I would say, okay, you know, it is a company, it is a free market, and they do make money and they should make money investing how much money they're investing into their vaccines. But if you wanted it to be benevolent or something of the people, something tells me that having a government-issued vaccine coming out of government science they would definitely not want that they would not want that so it's kind of a lose-lose proposition here with vaccines somebody's got to develop vaccines and because it is a free market somebody is going to make money off of it 
as they should. Does it mean that we shouldn't look at big pharma and keep big pharma uh, in check? Well, of course not. We should look at it. But making money, as you said, is not inherently bad. In, in the winter of 2020, when we first found out there were vaccines on the doorstep and we were getting close, when when I found out and you know did more reading about where they were coming from, who was working on them, and that those companies were working independently with some government funding, which is different. It doesn't mean the, the government was in the room uh, just saying, here, put this in that, and, and here's another ingredient you should add. Um, when I realized it was these private drug companies working on these vaccines, all independent of one another, and all of them racing to get something working with uh, you know, knowledge and technology that we've had for decades, I felt more comfortable about it, knowing that they were all trying to put together something that was going to help us. So, but I'm with you. If, if if I thought it was a government thing where, the you know, they said, oh, here's the vaccine that we developed in-house. Everybody take it. We're going to be okay. I would have felt very uneasy about that. But yeah. knowing these these companies, and I don't always Wait, trust drug companies. Trust me on that. Wait, I don't. You, but you in see, this case, I I felt more comfortable with the idea. You confused me. So if that happened, you, you would be distrustful of the government less so than a private organization. I mean, more, not, more not, so, not at all. More so. I, I think more I, so, I, mean. I think going back to that time, because I think we do this thing. We everybody fears the government way too much. I, I, I'm not afraid of the government. I what I was what people I was, like, their government's coming for whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, we're going yeah, ma- to make you magnetic, and we're going to track you with microchips. I'm more afraid, even though even though if they want to track you, you got a phone in your pocket. They're going to track you with right, right. No, no, I'm, I'm not like that. I'm not right. like one of those okay. the government's out to get me people. I was saying that at that time, yeah. it would have been in the interests of. That particular government, if they had a vaccine to distribute to people or at least tell people they have. So I would have been a little more distrustful of it, but I'm not one of those people that across the board, government is always a scary, dangerous thing to me. Because I do think there are a lot of times that government can help the population. That's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. The reason we have government is to make people's lives easier. Does it always happen that way? Of course not. <laughs> no, of no. course not. But that's the idea of government. Well, not not necessarily even just easier, but safer slash possible. Right. You can't have anarchy in a lawless society. So you have what you want is the smallest government possible to let allow the people to do their own thing. Am I afraid of big government? Absolutely. But not because of a giant conspiracy. I'm afraid of government because of incompetence. Like as it grows, the incompetence tends to grow. Our money seems to be going into some hole somewhere where not a lot is getting done. It's just a bunch of individuals so who are power hungry. So what's the alternative? I don't think there is one. There's no alternative. Was it John Adams or Thomas Jefferson who said democracy is the worst form of government except for every other form of government? Yes. You know, it's one of those things. But I think when I look at the government and I want smaller government. That's kind of what the heart of conservatism is, is less centralization. It's not because I see the government as evil and omniscient and all powerful. It's because I see it vastly incompetent. And you know why it is, right? We can get things done better. Why is it incompetent? Because people are incompetent. Because we're incompetent. (laughs) And I don't mean everyone else. I mean all of us. All of us. We in the room included. We are the ones that make it the way that it is because we accept the behaviors. Yes. We don't want to change when we play teams and we do all that stuff. So we sit here and this is what always gets me about conversations like this, about whether it's about big companies or about big government. It's us. 
We did it. The call's coming from inside the house. It's not some outside agency doing something to you. It's your fellow citizens and you and your neighbors that make it this way because we're either too lazy, too busy, or too caught up in, uh, in political nonsense to actually pay attention. The number of things that people don't know about, like with the vaccines, wouldn't it be great if we had people who knew things about medicine and the human body that you could ask questions to, we like do. your own doctor? Yeah, yeah. It, but but, but the, no, we're going to draw conclusions based on our YouTube research, yeah. and we don't take the time to actually do the simple, smart thing. I mean, you want to know why government's jacked up? It's because we are. Not because the entity itself is broken or evil or incompetent. We allow it. And there are a lot of us that are too caught up in the wrong kinds of information, and we are fans of people who disseminate bad information because we think they're entertaining or we think they're higher thinkers than the rest of us, and we follow them, right? And they tend to be snake oil salesmen a lot of the time. And I think that's a a big part of the problem here is that a lot of us are getting the wrong information from the wrong people. Mm. 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 Deep thoughts. We're going to talk about this again another time. Always fascinates me. It's everybody else's fault but ours. All right. Hey, we got uh, trending. So what's going on in the world? So we're going to talk about next up trending on the show here on KMOX. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. The show sponsored by Straight Realty. What is it? What's happened? What's going on? What do you know? What just happened? What happened? I need to know. Trending now on the show. All right, coming up on Cardinals Baseball here in about a half an hour for the pregame show, 12-15 for the first pitch on your home for the Cardinals, KMOX. This is the show. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, course, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Trending now. Amy, you get to go first. What do you got? Well, What's yeah. trending well, in the I've Amy got, world? I've got two uh, very similar words, but very different uh, meanings. I have both Pride Month and Proud Boys Uh-oh. trending on my well, Twitter. Those are different kinds of pride. They are different kinds of pride. So Pride Month, obviously the month of June. So uh, that's something that people will be celebrating, recognizing all month long. The Proud Boys, well, they're trending because U.S. prosecutors and defense attorneys released six videos of Proud Boys, a Proud Boys leader and an Oath Keepers leader meeting 24 hours before the January 6th insurrection. This is because uh, the Washington Post is reporting. So we have footage of these meetings before January 6th. Mm. One of those sounds like fun. Um, (laughs) One sounds more fun than the other. Yeah, one does sound more fun than the other. Did I tell you, though, one time I was filling out a crossword and the crossword puzzle New York Times and the answer was Pride Parade, but because I don't know whatever I had messed up and what I created was the Prude Parade, which is a very different type of parade. (laughs) It sounds right. Though. Definitely the be, boring one. I, it absolutely boring, checks. But yeah. I would be like the queen of the prude parade for sure. <laughs> I don't know if I brag on that. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> the prude parade. Way just, less it it fun. just sounds right. You <laughs> know, um, over on my end, I have two things that happen to be trending on my Twitter account. One is Jennifer Connelly. The actor hmm. from, I don't know, she's trending today. I, I think there were some photos that she had done a photo shoot from years ago, and the photos resurfaced. And uh, Well, Top they, Gun. She's in Top Gun. Is she, oh, maybe that's why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's probably right. But, yeah, but point. Well. it seems like most of them are, and they're not bad photos. They're just photos. And the other one is Elon Musk. Not that you were looking them up or anything. Well, they're right there on Twitter. Oh, I didn't sure. have to go search. Sure. Uh, and the other one is Elon Musk. 
is again trending. This time because he wants his Tesla office workers back in the office. And he sent out a memo to all of them that basically either come back into the office for 40 hours a week. At minimum, by the way, he says at minimum 40 hours a week or go find another job Mm -hmm. is what he's telling them because they've been working remotely. This is a really interesting idea to me because people have clearly become more comfortable and, in fact, prefer working from home in many cases. So I'm wondering how this fight is going to go with his company and the people who work there or if there's going to be a fight at all. Mm. I normally think he's just kind of a jackass. Yeah, he, he's but gotten it's his worse. company. He can do what he wants. He can, he can do whatever he Your wants. Your company dictates the, the, the terms of the job. That's okay yep. with me. I mean, if you don't, and again, if you don't like it, the other jobs. I just follow his tweets and I think, man, oh, if I were that. if I were like if I the richest kind of person in the world, I don't think I'd be spending my time no. tweeting random I know, I would, things. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, I need to pick fights on social media. <laughs> I'd be just sitting on an island somewhere with every food I like and I'd be in my mansion and sports in everywhere. You know what I'd yeah. be doing? It's not what's I, here's what I'd be doing if I was worth what, what Elon Musk is doing. Yeah. It'd be what's the top trending thing on my on my Twitter account. Okay. John Madden is on the cover of Madden oh 23. And I would be sitting there playing Madden 23 and MLB yep. The Show and the Elden Ring. That's all I would do. Yeah. I would I don't even have a Twitter account. Why would you even bother when you're <laughs> at that level? Like you're above everything. Wheeler is like, here's the problem with Elon Musk. He's a billionaire, but he's basically a kid. If I were <laughs> he's billionaire, a troll. No, he's a troll. He's a troll. <laughs> troll is you what know he what? Is. Like if I'm, you're that rich, why would you even bother trolling people? I don't like, know. what's the point? There is no point. You have zero cares in the world. You have everything yeah. you need. But except he clearly cares. Except the what attention. People, he he likes the attention and he cares what people think about him. I just mm, and, and I, I care what people think about me for the most part. Do you? I guess I don't know. But I, it's surprising. I know I don't really care. I don't know, but what but people if think I, about you. If I was a trillionaire, yeah. like there's not a thing you could tell me that I would care about. All right, hang yes. on, man. We've got yes. Cardinals baseball coming your way in a couple of minutes. Eleven twenty for the pregame. Twelve fifteen, first pitch here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 